Well, hopefully, if the title of this podcast that you just downloaded didn't give you a clue as to the content today, that certainly did. Hello, you're listening to the Boring Bill podcast. Uh, My name is Boring Bill. We're coming to you today in glorious stereo for the first time in a long time. Um, I don't suspect that will actually make any difference to anyone that's listening. Um, Obviously, the MP3s that that were available through the podcast are still in stereo, but in terms of the microphone recording, they are a uh, replication of a mono microphone stream that is duplicated in equally in both earphones or amplifiers or speakers or whatever you have, whatever you listen to the podcast in. But now we've managed to alter the settings that are a wonderful stereo microphone, which essentially has two microphones in it in different positions, means that if I were to lean to the right side of the microphone, then hopefully the balance of things would shift to the right-hand side of however you're listening to this. And equally, if I shifted over to the left, you would get more um, on the left than you would do on the right, but for the majority of the time I'm going to stay planted firmly in the centre. Uh, like I say, I can't see how it will ever be um, useful to have um, stereo capability in terms of the microphone. Having said that, um, I think it's very important that when one has these kind of capabilities that one utilises them to the full and uh, you get a slightly more accurate reflection of um, the original recording of the podcast in, in having a kind of spatial dimension in which you can uh, tell how my head has shifted around the relative location of the microphone. Uh, fascinating times. Um, in case you haven't already got it by the title of this podcast or by the uh, chimes at the start, we're going to be talking about Big Ben today, a very famous British landmark. It's a big clock and its chimes are at the start of the podcast. Uh, it's, we're not replacing um, the normal kind of intro um, bit of musical number that's normally at the start of the podcast with the chimes. That was just um, a special edition because... Uh, we were you know, talking about the big grand clock today. I think I got my uh, my tenses mixed up there. We were. We haven't actually talked about it yet. We are going to be. Uh, there you go. Don't listen to boring Bill for your um, for your grammatical needs. Obviously, not a great example there. Um, I'm going to be getting some of the information today from from Wikipedia. Um, which is not always an accurate source, but is always particularly good when one wants to uh, articulate the history of any given thing. Um, assuming, obviously, that you believe the article itself um, is is correct. Big Ben is uh, is obviously a nickname. It's um, it basically refers to the the clock tower that's on the edge of the Palace of Westminster. Um, the Palace Palace of Westminster is a palace, and it also is uh, the seat of the British Parliament. We did a history of the British Parliament um, podcast uh, a while back now. Some people write it, so often um, cited as one of the favourites. Um, when people email the podcast, the email address obviously is boringbookpodcast at gmail.com, along with the cup of tea um, episode. So it seems that uh, many of our viewers find uh, when we focus on um, uh, things that relate to, to British culture or British things, that people find that um, 
what, what they prefer to be talking about. So again, my uh, sentence structure is not ideal today. I apologise for that. Um, use my failed sentence as a, as a example, something to hold up about a uh, about a, uh, a failed sentence, one that should not be repeated. Uh, feel free to use that anyway. Big Ben, the clock tower of the Palace of Westminster. Uh, little known fact about the Palace of Westminster, it is the seat, as I said, of the British Parliament. If a uh, member of the House of Commons, the lower house, the democratically elected house in the United Kingdom, um, is to die inside the Palace of Westminster, it is a legal impossibility that they actually die there, even if they do. If um, if they do die there, they have to be taken to the nearest hospital, hospital across the River Thames um, and declared dead there. No commoner can be declared dead in a royal palace, which is what the Palace of Westminster is. So, little known fact there. There are many other uh, quirky things. I, to be honest, I can't remember what I, what I mentioned about the quirks of the British Parliament in my previous podcast. Do let me know. Do you want me to do quirks of the British Parliament edition of the Boring Bill podcast? If you do, send me an email, boringbillpodcast at gmail.com. Um, to build up the kind of interactivity with our viewers. Uh, viewers, of course, is um, a complete inaccuracy there. We don't have viewers, we have listeners. Not on form today. Bill must, uh, must remember this. I think we're getting confused by the alliteration involved. We have boring Bill talking about Big Ben. Um, listeners, not viewers, our listeners email into the podcast, and that's probably the main reason we're even doing these podcasts now. Um, so, you know, far on from when we initially did them, um, our subscriber base has jumped from 18 to 22. Four new subscribers since we started. Um, it's not a massive jump, but it's a jump nonetheless. The direction of travel is in the positive direction, which uh, got past one of my fears that every time you put up a podcast, the subscriber base goes down rather than up, and the reverse has seemed to happen that time. Um, our peak, I think, of, of subscribers was a 40 um, at the high point. Let's see if we can top that. If we top that, I'll do a special I'll do a special edition. Um, I don't know about what, I don't know what it really can do, but, uh, you know, give me suggestions. Email boringbuildpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on boringbuild.blogspot.com or, you know, send a carrier pigeon. I don't know. It's up, it's up to you. Um, but, yeah, Big Ben is the nickname for the clock tower. But it isn't actually the uh, the clock tower itself. Big Ben is the name of the bell that is in the clock tower. People will refer to Big Ben uh, as the clock tower. Some people refer to Big Ben and they're referring to the whole Palace of Westminster, which is obviously completely incorrect. But it's actually the name for the bell, the great bell, that's in the clock that makes the chimes that we heard at the start of the episode. So it's a nickname essentially, but, you know, Technically, we're talking about the big bell um, that's behind the uh, the clock face in um, in Big Ben. It is, in fact, the third tallest freestanding clock tower in the world, the Big Ben Tower, um, and it's over 150 years old. So it's it's been around for a while. It's not the biggest. I mean, one expects that it's actually going to be you know, particularly imposing when one goes to see it. I have seen it many times when I've gone to London. Um, but in comparison with many other London landmarks, it's actually very small. Um, the London Eye, for example, which is kind of a big Ferris wheel style arrangement that goes very slowly around so one can look at the landscape of London. Um, 
built um, as part of the Millennium celebrations and still operating like the Millennium Dome, which uh, operated for one year, was closed, uh, left for a very long time, and now is the O2 Arena, so finally been made a commercial success. But Big Ben comparatively as a London landmark is very small, um, but you can't really call it a small Ben, I suppose. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's big as far as clock towers go. Tells the time accurately. That's that's what we like. That's what we want from a clock tower. Um, there has always uh, been a clock tower. Um, you know, obviously, Palace of Westminster is very old. There's been a clock tower there for at least uh, uh, 1288. Like I say, the 150th anniversary is um, refers to the to the bell rather than to the to the actual clock. But. Uh, yeah, I, I won't go too much into the history of the building. I mean, if that's an architecture thing we could do. Um, London architecture. Another time, but like I say, Big Ben refers to the Great Bell in the Palace of Westminster. Um, it's officially known as the Great Bell, as I say, and it's the largest bell in the tower and part of the Great Clock of Westminster, which is nicknamed Big Ben. Um, the original bell was a whopping... Uh, 16.3 tons. Uh, it was cast in 1856 as Dr. Lantese by a company called uh, John Warner and Sons. Um, the bell was never officially named, but the legend on the records, um, which had the commissioner of the works, who was a, a man called Sir Benjamin Hall, was responsible for the order. Although there's another theory of the origin of the name, is that the bell may have been named after a contemporary heavyweight boxer, um, but uh, that's uh, that's unknown. Um, Although, you know, it's thought that the bell was originally to be uh, called the Victoria or the Royal Victoria in honour of Queen Victoria, but an MP suggested the nickname during a parliamentary debate, and the comment is not recorded in Hansard, so it, it's obviously uh, it's obviously very difficult to trace that one down because Hansard is the uh, parliamentary record of everything that's said in either chamber of the House of Commons or House of Lords. It's recorded every single word that's said in that chamber. Very important job of the Hansard Society used to be a separate organisation that wasn't part of Parliament that did all of this work, and, and Parliament eventually kind of funded it um, because they thought it was very important to have uh, to have these kind of records. But but you know, I digress from there. Um, so yes, that's the, that's essentially it. It's a, it's a big cast iron bell. Um, that strikes to make its chimes of a series of other smaller bells up there that has a has a whopping decibel rating, but you know it's it's very significant in um, British popular culture. Um, you know it's often seen you know in a kind of same kind of ranking as a black cab or a or a red double decker bus, although there aren't so many um, double decker buses anymore. And you'll often see it in in films. It's also important in any commemorations we have. Um, used in the new year for example um, some radio stations and things some news programs will often use it as a start as kind of introduction in a similar way to, to what we do today and it's used of course on Remembrance Sunday as well to symbolise the start and the end of, uh, of the two minute silence that's held um, I mean obviously for anyone who lives relatively near Big Ben it can be uh, it can be in a quite a sound, it goes off every hour. It will play those chimes that we heard and then it will dong for every hour. Um, that refers to the hour number it is, so if it's one o'clock it'll chime once. It also chimes on the uh, on the half hour as well. So it's uh, 
is very important. Um, I mean, it's very rare for the bell um, or the clock to to stop. You know, it's it's very important that it's kept going. Well, there are some um, there were some uh, you know situations where the clock didn't work. For example, in uh, in 1916, for two years during World War One, the bells were silenced and the clock face darkened at night to prevent an attack by a German Zeppelin. The 1st of September uh, 1939, um, although the bells continued to rang, the, the ring, sorry, the clock faces were darkened at night through World War II to prevent um, guiding blitz pilots. In New Year's Eve in 1962, the clock was slowed due to heavy snow and ice on its long hands, causing the pendulum to detach from the clockwork. It is designed to do, to do so in such circumstances to avoid serious damage anywhere else elsewhere in the mechanism. The pendulum continued to swing freely, but thus it chimed in the uh, the New Year ten minutes late. Um, on the 5th of August 1976, the first and only major breakdown, the speed regulator of the chiming mechanism finally broke after a hundred years of, uh, of service, uh, then fully wound four-ton weights dumped their entire personal energy, potential energy, sorry, uh, into the chiming me mechanism in one go. This caused a great deal of damage. The great clock was shut down for a total of 26 days, over nine months, um, before it was reactivated on the 9th of May 1977. This was the longest break in operation since it was built. Um, and, and there hasn't been such a problem since. On the 27th of May 2005, the clock stopped at 10.07pm in, in London local time, um, possibly due to hot weather. The, the temperatures in London had reached unseasonal uh, 31.8 degrees Celsius, which is 90 degrees Fahrenheit. It started but stopped again at 10.20pm local time and remained still for about 90 minutes before restarting. On the 29th of October 2005, the mechanism was stopped for about 33 hours so the clocks and chimes could be worked on. This was the lengthiest maintenance shutdown in 22 years. At 7 o'clock on the 5th of June 2006, the uh, clock tower's quarter bells were taken out of commission for four weeks um, as a bearing holding uh, one quarter of the bells were damaged from the years wear and tear and needed to be removed for repairs. Um, and on the 11th of August 2007, at the start of a six-week stoppage for maintenance, the bearings in the clock's drive train and the Great Bell Striker were replaced for the first time since installation. Um, but generally, it's extremely reliable and it's a, it's a very uh, constant and physical London landmark that, that stands very tall. And it's a great symbol of the power of democracy um, and of the, you know, the importance of Parliament as an institution um, in Westminster. You know, it is a, a very important symbol for the UK, although it's probably not respected as much as a, as a institution, Parliament and the building and everything, as much as it is in, in other countries, for example, in the Reichstag, which is the, the German Parliament. Um, there seems to be much more of a respect for the institution there. Um, this constant queues out the front of a long line of people waiting to just go in and see the building. And while you do get that, sometimes with, with Parliament you tend to get people who go up in the in the lobbying queues or, or whatever rather than queuing up to just see it and go in. Although you're important in, in the UK, they have to go through many security checks. Anyone can go in 
as a citizen of the United Kingdom, as long as they've got you know, the stuff to pass security with, um, can go into the lobbies of um, Parliament, and they can go up to uh, essentially a reception and say, on, on these are on special allocated lobbying days, they say, as a citizen, I want to speak to so-and-so, whoever it is, whichever member of Parliament they want to speak to, and they will phone their office and they will get them to come to the lobby and, and they will speak to them. So that's, that's a good democratic institution. There's another quirk there. I'm straying into what is probably another podcast topic. Um, so, yes, and obviously in the, in the United States there is a, there is a particularly big respect for, for democracy. Um, although that can be a constraint of very different branches of government, not just vested in Parliament or the, the Congress um, in America. But uh, again, maybe to go delving into some American history might be a... Uh, it might be a good podcast as well. What do you think? Podcast at gmail.com. Um I have to admit, uh, if you all that are listening, that my uh, I've not been on particularly amazing form with this podcast, which is a shame. Um, been a few stumblings and, uh, and uh, inaccuracies in my speech, which is um, hopefully something that I won't repeat next time. But uh, nevertheless, I, I hope and trust that you'll forgive me that. Um... And send me some uh, suggestions for future episodes at boringbillpodcast.gmail.com or leave a comment on boringbill.blogspot.com Also let me know what you think about the stereo microphone. Is it is it pro- more problem than it's worth? Or um, have you noticed that I've strayed from one end to the other? I don't think I have. I probably have a... Due to the way we've got it set up here, I probably have a tendency to stray to the right here rather than to the left. But, uh, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a problem for you. Maybe you prefer it to one or the other. Maybe you... Uh, it's quite possible that if you use this to fall asleep, you have an alarm set for the following morning, so you may put a podcast on repeat um, and sleep with one earphone in and the other one out, um, which may be problematic if, uh, because obviously stereo won't be of as much benefit there, so perhaps it's extremely disappointing that we've gone back to a stereo format. Uh, what do you think? email at boringbillpodcast at gmail.com obviously I'm very keen to encourage a bit of email dialogue here um, so I can tailor what we do in the podcasts as to, as to what best suits for for anyone uh, or those that listen rather not anyone because obviously there's only about 22 people that regularly listen uh, maybe that'll increase after this maybe it'll decrease with my uh, with my inaccuracies and occasional sentence stumbling um, it's a very uh very uh, astute listeners of um, Boring Bill, maybe you will be uh, particularly uh, upset that, um, that that's the case. But we'll, we'll find out. Um, do interact. Do let me know. Um, right, we're going to leave it for there. Just to, just to reiterate the contact methods. The feed address of the podcast is feeds.feedburner.com forward slash Boring Bill. The uh, blog address is... Um, boringbill.blogspot.com and the email address is boringbillpodcast at gmail.com all three of those are now owned Google entities and they didn't used to be when we first took them out interesting I have no problem with that Google seemed to be a good company um, right sweet cheers everyone see you next time um, goodbye <laughs>